2: Hey there, believers! I got another good episode for you this week. Yeah. This week we're bringing on Harrison and Lowell from the Silver Peeled Podcast. These guys are awesome. Uh, it's a—they have a new show. Okay, it just started in December, I believe, uh, late December, right before Christmas. But I was telling my wife, I think this show has legs. You know, um, I've been doing this for. I don't know, two and a half years now, something, three, three years. Gosh, three years. And, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of shows come and go. We've kind of somehow I've scratched along,
3: <laughs> I've scratched
2: along and not given up on it yet. But these guys got something good. Um, they've had some big name guests like right out the gate. I don't know where these guys came from, but it kind of reminded me a little bit of, uh, the way Blurry Creatures got started. They're Just like with big hitters right out, you know, right out the box. Um, these guys have had on Dark Waters, Dr. Judd Burton. They've had L.A. Marzulli, um, The guys from Appalachian Intelligence Podcast and Justin and them. They've had them on the show. Um, and like I said, and that's just since December. So they're on, they're on a good path. They got a good theme song. Uh, I, I've listened to several of their episodes. Loved it. They're good and they're brothers, you know, so they got that, that natural chemistry that I think helps a lot, but uh, we'll go ahead and bring them on the show here in just a second. But first I wanted to remind everybody, if you have something that you want to talk about, uh, you can email me at the bump at gmail.com, or I'm trying to extend this invitation to everybody to use uh, the bump phone. Okay. Call me. Leave me a voicemail. If it's a, something short that you want added to the show, leave me a voicemail. I'll see if I can figure out how to get that converted onto uh, onto the show. I- I'm sure it wouldn't be too hard. Uh, text me. Leave me your information. Um, if you just want to send some memes, we can do that. I like memes. Just whatever. You know, the phone number is 304-812-0553. It's 304-812-0553 zero five five three um i tried to get some kind of catchy number didn't work okay um also if you are an author or an artist you want something to put on the wall back here or you want me to do a book review um i've done have done a whole bunch of those for people um on and off air you can send whatever you want to to the bump podcast at po box one four five three Chapmanville, West Virginia. That's C-H-A-P-M-A-N-V-I-L-L-E, West Virginia, 25508. I used my home address for a long time, and I decided that that's not the brightest thing to do. So, just uh, throw it in there, the PO box. I'll check it every couple of weeks, and uh, I'll let you know when I get it, okay? All right. Um, Tons of content coming at you. I have tons of interviews and guest spots i'm going to be doing uh i was just recently on the conspire a theory podcast uh it's available on spotify i'm not i'm not sure what all else but uh i was on there with chris Uh, they brought me on i had a lot of fun on that show so if you want to check that out that'd be cool um yeah let's go ahead and just sit down and relax and Get ready to talk to the guys from the Silver Pilled Podcast. All right. You guys hear me? Yep, yep. We, we are here. All right. Uh, like I said, off air, uh, I did a little bit of a, a pre-intro. So if you guys want to just jump in to introduce yourselves and whatever you want to talk
0: about, this is your show, baby. All right. Thank you. Thanks for having us on, Bo. This is awesome. This is a... A dream come true for us we've listened to you for a long time so thank you thank you for having us on first and foremost and the, the pleasure is all mine i promise you this is <laughs> this is
2: exciting for me um I, i've been listening to your show you got a fan man
4: for real oh,
2: thank you thank you so much absolutely
4: so we're a silver pill podcast um my name's lowell my brother harrison uh, we started in what September, right? Mm-hmm. September 2022. Um, we both kind of always grew up in the weird, I guess, sitting around the campfire telling stories at night, and um, always enjoyed it. And I think our wives finally got tired of us spending hours and hours on the phone talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I, you guys should do well harris is like you should just do a show you should we should just do a podcast we'd be you know and i was like well i don't know i'd have to like talk to people and put myself out there but he finally harassed and bugged me enough to to start this podcast um so that,
0: that's what little brothers are for right <laughs> nag oh, me into submission <laughs> uh, but we uh, Oh, go ahead, Bill. No, sorry. no, 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 go ahead. I was going to say, um, Lowell mentioned that we we would sit around campfires growing up and uh, our parents would tell us, you know, all the spooky stories to get us worked up. Uh, but we were raised Christian in a Christian home. And so talking about this stuff with friends outside of the family kind of made us look like weirdos because, you know, not many, at least back then, not many people in church really talked about this kind of stuff. So Lowell and I were always just kind of on the, on the fringe of topics because of our, our parents raising us that way. And, um, it was just, it was one of those things where, you know, it's, I think we can kind of clash the weird with scripture because the scripture is the most supernatural book out there. If we can believe that, you know, a, a donkey talked to a man or that, um, God came down into a body and died and went to defeat hell and death itself and r- rise again 3 days later. I mean, I think if we if we could put enough faith in that, I think we it's okay to believe in Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
2: You know, thank God for open-minded parents. You know, I have a very similar, you know, upbringing. My family, I was raised uh Catholic actually on, the, on my dad's side of the family. We you know, there were Italians and Irish. So I didn't really have a choice. You know, it was, you're born Catholic. You know, I'm yeah, you Kennedy. Know, sure. You know, that's, just, that's what you got to do. But uh, the family, everybody said very open minded. You know, okay. um, ghosts, of course, are real. Demonic possession, of course, it's real. Um, my dad worked for the NSA when he was in the Air Force. So oh. when I'm like, you know, he got out about the time I was born. But when I become a teenager and I start getting into all this weird stuff, he hits me with these, you know, UFO recovery stories or whatever. You know, so sure. I'm, like, I'm like, yeah, it's
3: real. You know?
2: <laughs> so, yeah, man, I, I get it. I relate. Um, Did you have any uh, any personal experiences that you, you guys like to sit around the campfire and talk about? Is there anything? Uh... Uh,
0: I had one. I've had a few. <clears throat> it wasn't until later in my life. Probably. I think the first one I had was shortly after I got married to my wife and it wasn't anything too big, but it was kind of the reason. Well, no, I would say is the main reason I stopped watching scary movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember we had, we had just bought a house. We were newly married and um, she had to work, nights. So she usually didn't get home till 10, 1030 at night, which would leave me home alone a lot. And we had, I think it was the night before we had watched The Conjuring, the first Conjuring movie. And then the following night she was at work. I'm sitting on the couch watching TV. You know, the house is empty besides me and my dog. And out of nowhere, I could hear noise coming from our upstairs bedroom. Now, mind you, I'd never heard this before. So I was like, oh, man, what is going on now? It was a townhome. So I chalked it up to the shared wall that maybe it's the neighbors, you know, upstairs in their house making noise. But then as I'm listening, I could hear it come down our stairs, footsteps coming down our stairs. And, you know, still in the back of my mind, I'm freaking out, but I'm thinking, well, maybe it's just the neighbors because it was slow, slow descending down the stairs. But my dog perked his head up and he was staring at the stairs with his ears up and his hackles up yeah man. and that put me a little bit on edge And of course nothing ever came down I never saw anything so I started to get a little worked up I went out on our back deck to smoke a cigarette and calm down okay okay it's it's okay it's okay Heather my wife Heather she'll be home soon it's about you know it might have been about 10 o'clock that night so I was kind of waiting to hear her call that she was on her way home I went back inside and I closed the sliding glass door and I stopped I'm listening I thought what is that noise and I heard this low humming I thought what in the world is that and then I realized that the fan in my laundry room had turned itself on and that was the hum I was hearing in the time that I was outside so I thought oh great here we go so I'm not you know this is getting kind of weird okay okay I'm starting to freak out a little bit more and then um my wife called me and she said, Hey, I'm about to leave, you know, work. I'll be home shortly. Okay. So I'm just kind of freaking out, waiting for her to get home, waiting for her to get home. Like, I guess, you know, in the back of my mind, think, well, two's better than one, you know? Um. (laughs) Well, finally I heard, no, it couldn't have been too long. She worked about 10 minutes away and maybe within five minutes of hanging up the phone with her, I could hear the front doorknob like she was unlocking the door and she was getting ready to come in the house. I was thinking, oh, thank goodness. And the dog started to get excited because he heard it too. He thought mom was home. He went trotting over there. And I could hear the doorknob fidgeting. And I thought, man, she's something's going wrong with her keys. Like she can't get the key in the doorknob, whatever. But then it stopped and she never came in the house. Hmm. And my dog's still standing there looking at the front door. And I'm thinking, what's going on? What is she doing? Well, about 15 minutes later, she calls me again and says, sorry. I got held up at work. Now I'm leaving and I'll be home soon. Mm-hmm. Nothing happened after that. And in that house, nothing had happened after that. But it was one of those things. Well, you know, we used to ghost hunt as kids and our parents were always kind of like, man, you might be opening up doors doing that. Just be careful. Well, I was like, you know what? If if ghost hunting can do it and open up doors, I'm going to assume that watching these these movies with this, you know, these spiritual forces in it, especially based on true stories that there's a good chance that could open up doors too. So since then I haven't watched a scary movie. Maybe, um, maybe it was just my own paranoia. I, I grew up with Lowell who liked to torment me all the time as (laughs) his little brother. So I am pretty paranoid to begin with, but that, that was a pretty eerie experience. Um, Yeah. Since then I've had, I've actually told this story once before on a podcast it was before we even started our podcast. Um, and it was in my current house. It was what, Lowell? Maybe two summers ago.
4: Yeah, that was a year I moved to Tennessee, so twenty twenty-one, August twenty
0: one. Okay, yeah. That sounds about right.
4: August, September twenty one, yeah.
0: Um, I Lowell had come out to visit with his family at our house in Pennsylvania, and all of our family lives around here. We our family owns a pretty large farm on 80 acres and so in downtime we're always invited to go out there and spend some time on the farm and hike around so we took Lowell and his family out there and my family and we were hiking around having a good time and I don't know if this has any association with the story that happened to me but it was pretty weird we uh, as we were walking through the woods Lowell and I talk about what we talk about and I brought up fairies or the fae and oh, yeah. Lowell stops mid trail looks at me and he goes I don't talk about fairies out in the woods (laughs) I was like well what are you talking about I don't understand he goes I I don't like talking about fairies out in the woods okay we'll leave it at that so we kept walking and talking and at one point I saw some trash off the trail in the woods and again I don't know if this is any correlation but I ran up to pick it up because you know it's a family farm if if trash blows in I like to take it out and um, it was a a blue mylar balloon put it in my backpack didn't think anything of it we packed out of there went home and I can't remember if it was the next day level that we went back to the farm to have coffee with all their great uncles and grandparents
4: I don't I can't remember either I don't think it was, I thought it might have been a day or two after that but I could be wrong okay it was
0: within a couple days though yeah yeah of that hike. Well, anyways, I threw the Mylar balloon away in our trash can, and our trash can's kind of in a cupboard, so you have to pull it open, trash can comes out, you throw it away, and, and then it slams shut. So it's um, the next day, or when we, whenever this was, we had gotten up early to go back to the farm to have coffee with our relatives early in the morning, and our wives knew about it. Um, Lowell's wife was going to stay and do something with another family member. My wife was going to stay home alone with our kids. So um, I got up before anyone else. Lowell came and picked me up. We went and we were enjoying ourselves when my wife calls me. She's calling me, calling me, calling me like frantically. Finally, I answer. I'm like, what's going on? She goes, there's someone in the house. She goes, is Lowell's wife here? I said, no. She goes, are you here? I said, no, I'm on the farm. She goes, there's someone in the house. Mm -hmm. So what are you talking about? She says, we, I heard walking around downstairs the floorboards are creaking. I mean, my house is 100 years old. So we have the original floorboards. They're creaky as all get out. She mm-hmm. says, I could hear them walking from the living room to the dining room and into the kitchen. And I heard the trash can open and slam shut. She goes, someone's downstairs in the house. I said, well, where are the... I have, at this point, I only had two daughters. But I said, where are the girls? And they, um, she goes, they're in the room with me, with the dog. You know, we're locked in the room. I thought, okay, well, you know, get Get the gun. I'm coming home. So Lowell rushed me home, and we didn't find anything. All the doors were locked from the inside. Dead bolts were locked. She goes, I heard something walking around the house, and it went in the trash can. Wow. So I didn't think anything of that. Well, it wasn't, what, but a, not even a week later. You had gone back to Tennessee at this yeah. point.
4: Yeah, we, were, we had left.
0: And we were upstairs sleeping, and... I remember waking up and I heard this really strange white, the only way I can describe it is like a white noise. Mm -hmm. Um, It almost, the only way I can really describe it is if as an airplane, as you can hear an airplane off in the distance and it's getting closer and closer and closer and until it's, it's loudest when it's right above you. And that noise, that rumble, that kind of white noise that it gives off peaks before it starts to move away from you and get quieter, quieter, quieter. Well, it was like that noise of it peaking, but constant. It wasn't getting closer. And it wasn't going further. So, as I'm waking up listening to it, I thought, did we leave the air conditioning on? What in the world is that? And now the air conditioning's not on. So, I'm just sitting there listening to it. And then I was kind of broken out of that when I heard music playing. Out from outside. And we're on the second floor of my house. I thought, what in the world is that? I mean, we live by a street, you know, with a, a small amount of traffic on it. And I thought, what in the world? Is that someone's music playing from their car really loud? No, it's like, it's the same four notes over and over again. Like, What in the world? Is someone parked outside the house blaring music? No, it doesn't sound like that is it an ice cream truck? Like I'm trying to, you know, it's middle of the night. I'm really trying to rationalize what I'm hearing. And as I'm listening more and more, it, it is, it's the same four notes playing over and over again, but it's a flute, same four note. And it's, and I'm thinking what in the world is the only rational thing I could think of was that someone was literally standing outside of my house, playing the same four notes on a flute. And so I'm like I'm freaking out, and it was really weird because I wanted to wake up my wife so that she could hear it, so that I wasn't crazy. But at the same point in time, I was worried that if I woke her up, it would go away and I would really be crazy. <laughs> so I I was crawled out of bed. I'm walking over to my window. You know, I the drapes pulled closed, and I'm like, and it's I can still hear it, plain as day from the other side of this window. These same four notes and I thought someone this has got to be a radio but then I heard it mess up really so it was playing in the same four notes and maybe about the third note you can kind of hear that it hit the wrong note slipped up and then hit the right note and then kept going I thought okay so this isn't a radio I wouldn't hear it mess up so now my mind's going crazy you know I know I'm awake I know what I'm hearing I know I'm not dreaming I'm like, I want to pull the blinds back, but I'm so terrified I'm gonna see like this weird, you know, gnarly, you know, pan or or some some weird fairy in the tree. I'm I'm really getting myself worked up. And right before I had the courage to open up the blinds, I could hear it slowly, slowly, slowly fade away. Like it was walking down the streets playing the same four notes. At this point, I'm like, okay, I woke up my wife. I checked the time, it's midnight. Or maybe, I think it was like 12, 20. I told my wife everything. I'm freaking out. You know, every rational thought is gone. I'm, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what about my kids? You know, is something trying to lead my kids out of my house. This is too weird. I've watched, I've seen this too many times in movies and heard too many scary stories, you know. So I grabbed a gun and I went around the house. and Everything was fine. I mean, there was nothing out of place, but it was the strangest thing. Oh, and then... I realized as it walked away and I was waking my wife up, that white noise that I heard was gone. Wow. So I don't know if that has any correlation to the experience or if I'm just, you know, making something out of nothing. It was just kind of one of those things that I was like, oh, that was weird. That's what initially woke me up. And now that that flute noise is gone, that's gone. So I don't know if it's at all connected. It's that's speculation on my part. Yeah. But those were the big ones Man. for me. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um well with the with the first story about what made you stop watching movies. I I'm in the same camp as you are on that. Uh I still watch some scary movies around Halloween because I you know, I'm not the only person that lives here and I am the only person that thinks that you know, the boogeyman's going to really be you know. So I play along with the family. We watch the movies. I I pray at night, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I I just heard somebody talking about this too about how when you listen to certain types of music or you you watch certain kind of content that by listening to it and enjoying that music or whatever, you're kind of coming into an agreement with whatever's on the other side. Now, is it of a demonic influence? I don't know is the the artist or the creator doing it you know to hmm. to glorify something demonic maybe but if you're willingly participating then you're kind of in the agreement in accord with it
0: so I had never heard that that's a really good point though that that would make sense it makes sense yeah that's Almost makes it a little bit more diabolical when you think about it that way. Yeah,
2: because the music's so good, right? right exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean, <laughs> like, they, like they really can shred on a guitar. I like that guy. <laughs> but yeah, man. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. And so you actually heard the doorknob, mm-hmm.
0: like going. I mean, the dog heard it. I literally thought my wife was fumbling around with her keys, trying to get it in the doorknob, trying to. Wiggle it, get it open. I mean, sometimes the doorknob would stick. It was Colorado, so things froze over pretty quick at night out there. I mean, maybe the lock was frozen, but I and the dog got all excited, went rushing over there waiting for mom, you know, like she was about to bust in that door and she just she never did. Mm. So, I mean, again, this could be all rational, too. I am i can't say it's paranormal Was someone trying to break in. I mean, that could very well be. I don't know. But it was I do associate it a little bit more closely with a spiritual aspect or a paranormal aspect because I could the fan turned on on the inside of the house and we heard the footsteps coming down the stairs right so that's why I tend to go more paranormal on that yeah I I would tend to agree with you on on that even (laughs) even
2: if it was a one-off thing you know uh, people talk about roaming spirits you know one you know wandering spirits so maybe something was going through sure uh, I don't know how all that works yet you know right I imagine I'll be on the uh, the other side before I figure that out. But, yeah, man, that, that's pretty pretty intense, especially in the moment. And for uh, this, as soon as you mentioned Mylar Balloon and The Fae,
0: mm-hmm. have you watched Hellier? I hadn't at that point. Okay. <laughs> but after all that happened, some after I told a couple of guys at work and they're like man have you ever watched Hellier and I was like man I'd heard about it I heard they did some stuff on it that I don't necessarily agree with and I don't really want to bring that into my house and you know I haven't watched it in my house my wife made me swear I wouldn't watch it in the house but they had clips of it on YouTube so I did you know in the vehicle I'd listen to it and kind of see what was going on because and then I saw that and I thought come on Come on, you know, could this really be something? I mean, again, yeah, it went in the trash days after I had thrown that stupid balloon away. Yeah. So I don't know. what, And I didn't put those connections together myself. That was, you know, days and days later when I was talking about it at work. They're like, man, you should watch Hell Year. That sounds I Thought, oh, great.
2: Yeah, that's pretty creepy. Because that goes like, that goes dark. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, you know, spoil anything for anyone who hasn't watched Hellier yet. But that took a turn. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. so, if I were you, I'd be getting that balloon
0: out and driving it back to the to the farm. Yeah, like, no oh, kidding. Keep your fairies. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I guess I'm to blame. You know, warn me. Don't talk about the fairies in the woods.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You should have listened to your brother, man. I should have. <laughs> So, what about you, Lowell? You got any? Uh, got any? St- Everybody's got stories.
3: Yeah.
4: Um, I've got a few. Um, one of the. The well, this one's kind of interesting. So. Back, mid early two thousands. Um, I, I was living in Colorado, and me and a couple of buddies decided we wanted to go out and do some paintballing out in the national forest. So we drove out um, into—I don't know if anybody knows where this is, but it's uh, the, out by Terry All na- uh, Reservoir on some national forest out there. And this is—we weren't paintballing, but we were looking for an area to go paintballing. Um, so we were trying to find a, a place where we didn't have to like run up and down too many hills or had plenty of plenty of cover to to just have a good game. It was me and two of my buddies. And my wife's dog was along. Well, so this, i ought to tell you about this dog. She was really an interesting character, but she was, she was very scared of everything. So she would never, out in the woods, she would never leave my side. She was never more than two steps away from me. Um, And if she ever did get scared, she would try to claw her way into your lap. Um, She was very, very emotionally dependent upon first off my wife and then if my wife was around on me um so she never was out of sight in the woods i never put her on a leash she just walked right beside me never had an issue um because she was just terrified of being away from us so we had driven back on these dirt roads and this is um national forest and it was open range so the ranchers i think they could pay a very small a very small fee and they could have their cows there for a few months out of out of each summer i'm not i'm not sure of this but that's there was uh ranchers who had cows there throughout the whole summer so there's always some livestock moving around um but at this point we didn't see any cows but we had driven out to this area stopped and got out and we walked back oh maybe quarter of a mile from the road um we wanted to get far back in so we if anybody drove by even though it was a a dirt trail they're not getting smacked with paintballs or something as as they're driving by and plus our vehicles would be safe out there as well
3: Right.
4: Um, so we hiked back and we got to this kind of this flat area and we're looking around and we noticed that there was a, a cow skeleton laying in the grass so we walked over to it and it was a full complete skeleton I mean like it had just laid over, died, and decomposed. Nothing had touched it. Um, and I, I mean, we grew up hunting and camping. I've seen plenty of bones in the woods. I've seen full vertebrae, you know, yeah. spinal columns. You never see a full skeleton just lay there. Scavengers will scatter it, yeah, you know, hundreds, thousands of feet sometimes. But this was a full-blown cow skeleton laying there in the grass. And as we walked over to it, my dog went trotting over to it. And when she got about a foot away she stopped dead in her tracks turned around and ran that quarter mile straight back to the truck without stopping just was gone um i'd never seen her act like that at all ever so we kind of like laughed it off oh haha that's funny i guess we gotta go get the dog and we walked back and she was laying under the truck shaking so bad she could barely stand up it scared her so bad um so I don't know what that's about. I call it it was a a skeleton from like a cattle mutilation, is always what I thought. Yeah, man. <laughs> that was that was one of the, the weird stories. Um do you, do you think she smelled something on it? Or that would that would be my only guess, or could it, or or got close enough to sense something? I don't know. Um my guess is the smell. Yeah. But it it wasn't like the smell didn't permeate the area if it did because we were we were kind of in that area a little bit before we walked over to it you know we we're probably 15 20 feet away from it so hmm. I'm that's, not that's
2: sure. what you get for not having a geiger counter on you, you know?
4: <laughs> right? I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> to walk around with one of those all the time now <laughs> man that's crazy so i had that happen um my in-laws they live they, they live up in the Rocky Mountains and they're so far out they don't even have electricity so their their whole house is run on solar batteries and a generator um and usually they only use a generator when like people are over and they're using the ovens microwaves whatever um, most of the time it's just off batteries but the we were all there the one night um and they needed to turn the generator on so I volunteered to go out and do it and I mean it's it's dark dark out there you know what i mean like there's no no light pollution so i go walking out towards the generator and it's oh i don't know 75 yards away from the house maybe far enough away to keep the noise down and stuff so you can still enjoy the evening and it's dark and i have my little tiny little headlamp on my head and i have it on the lowest setting so i don't you know i don't I'm just walking out to do a generator. Doesn't, I'm not really thinking anything, and I'm looking down at the ground, making sure I don't trip and fall over a rock. And as I get closer to the building that has the generator, I look up, and I catch this uh, eye shine in my light. And I, I stop, and I look at it, and I'm like, oh, those are two eyes facing in the front of the head. So first off, my mind's like, okay, so it's predator. right. predatory. Predatory. And I'm like, okay, well, they have bears out here. I'm like, is that a bear? I'm like, no, they're really, really far apart. And I'm like, is that, is that like a cow? No, it must be a predator. They're in the front. And, and my brain's like trying to figure out what these are. And it, I came to the realization that they're too far apart to be like a cow or a mountain lion. They're too tall off the ground to be anything I know. Oh, wow. And I just like freak out, and I reach up to grab, turn my headlamp on high, so I can actually see it. And I knock my headlamp off my head, and it falls to the ground. <laughs> so I'm like fussing around on the ground trying to grab it and look up, and you know I'm just waiting to get picked up by a Bigfoot and carried <laughs> into <it> the woods. <laughs> um, but I found it, and I I got it up on high, and I looked, and there was no eyes, nothing. I didn't hear anything leave, I didn't hear a sound, um, and I didn't. I looked up, and I couldn't find anything, and I kind of walked over um, to where I thought it was, and where it should have been, there was, like, a a steep drop-off. It went down off the side of the mountain, very, very steep, so it must have been standing down behind that drop-off, and it was still taller than anything I could think of at the time. Oh, wow. So, again, I don't, I can't say it's Bigfoot. I don't, I mean... I don't know what it was, but it was, it, it gave me a shock. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'd say so. I mean, if you had
2: to throw a name on it, it sounds like you just did. Right. right. Yeah. That's, that's that it was swamp gas. <laughs> <Right.
3: Good>.
2: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. It was, oh. it was your Mylar balloon, right? <laughs> that's right. it.
3: Yeah.
2: Man. Yeah. That
4: would freak me out too yeah yeah that that was a little i shook me up a little bit and and, you know my my wife and and her family and stuff they don't they're not into the whole paranormal thing so i just kind of had to like suck it up and deal with it for till i could talk to i think harrison or somebody i told as soon as i could
2: yeah yeah i'm with you on that one too my wife thinks that i'm like looking in too deep at stuff you know yeah and even if this stuff did exist what can I do about it? So, right. why,
4: yeah. you know? you, you're yeah. in good company here. Then, right. <laughs> yeah. just because Bigfoot exists doesn't mean it gets the kids to school on time or the dishes done. <laughs> exactly.
2: Exactly. You know, when this show can pay the mortgage, then she'll take it serious. Yeah. You know, here we are.
4: <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So then I, I have one more. If you want to hear it, of um, this course. Is, this is a scary one. Um, oh, this was still, this was early two thousands. Um, I used to, was kind of at a time in my life. A lot of people call it like a liminal time in their life. I was kind of going through some changes, stuff like that. Um, and it wasn't anything crazy or major, but it was, I was at, I was 20, 21. So I was, I was pretty young. So it was kind of, um, major to me. Um, so at night I would, I would go out and walk and we lived on these dirt roads so no traffic, nothing like that and I'd just go walk and kind of get myself unwound before I had to go to go to bed and could actually get some sleep and stuff um so I I was walking one night and these roads, I mean I knew them like the back of my hand. I' probably walk them by blindfolded and I'd walked them I was walking them you know five six nights a week at that point, just kind of clearing my head um and I was I would was walking down this dirt road towards a t it, it dead-ended into uh, uh the paved road there and i would kind of turn around and go back or i tried to stay off the paved roads because sometimes people start driving too fast and at night and don't there's no sidewalks or any no street lamps nothing like that so i tried to stick to the to the dirt roads um and there was a moon out it was pretty pretty good visibility and i was walking um i just kind of lost in my thoughts and all of a sudden i heard something call my name inside my head um it was kind of this raspy uh, gravelly voice and in, inside my head call it was like low. and i stopped and i was like what on earth was that it was the first time i've ever had anything like that and even though it was inside of my head I knew the direction it was coming from and I looked up and about 30 yards away down in in some some grass or some dead grass it was about I don't know a foot tall foot and a half tall and it was in the moonlight so I could see I mean I could almost I could see the grass fine. there was this black dark spot that was just darker than dark i mean when people say it absorbed the light that's the best best thing i can describe about it and as soon as i locked onto it this fear hit me and it wasn't this This was the weirdest part the fear wasn't like coming from inside of me it was like that thing projected the fear and this wave of fear hit me externally
3: Mm
4: -hmm. um And like, just, just stopped me dead cold right there. And I stared at it for about half a second and I started to rebuke it in my head. I didn't say a word in my head. I had just started to say in the name of, and it was gone. The fear, the spot, the black spot, everything was gone. And I just stood there like middle of the night, no one's around. So I I rebuked it, I prayed, I prayed, I rebuked it again and I turned around and walked back home. Yeah. But that that one, that one shook me up the most out of everything that has happened. That one was like it's real, it's here, it's in your face. And the fact that it could get into my head without being invited really was eye-opening to me about because growing up in the church it was always it was like yeah there's demons but you know they're over there they can't hurt you Ah. you know just just say jesus name and and they'll go away you know it was it was it wasn't like well they can just walk right up and kick down the door to your skull and be inside your brain you know i I never thought that so
2: yeah yeah man that
4: obviously you didn't know who it was messing with though right right <laughs> right <laughs> yeah i mean it, it fled as soon as i started rebuking so i don't know and i mean i was we've we've been both raised christian and i don't know if it was just trying to me- i mean i'm sure it was just trying to mess with me or something and it right. must have known it'd get rebuked but yeah. i think it was just this there to i don't know If you're like me and
2: you like to go camping, hiking, hunting, um, just be prepared in general, then uh, I recommend you check out Squatch Survival Gear. Their packs are 100% made in America. Each component on the packs are American-made. It's a veteran-owned company out of Texas. Um, It's my buddy, Chris. He started this out of personal experience. Um, in his military service, he, he fashioned these packs, you know, off of packs that he used that he had to modify to make them something that, uh, is more, more convenient, easier to carry less of a load on your body and the, let the pack do the work. They're amazing. I own two. I have the, uh, the rock ape and the mothman pack. I love them. They're the best bags I've ever had in my life. These bags are bomb-proof. I, I, I've never seen anything like it. Plus, they're comfortable. When I have them on, I can carry around. I can hike with 25, 30 pounds, and it, it doesn't strain my body. The pack does the work. Um, you have to see them for yourself. So go to SquatchSurvivalGear.com to check them out. If you decide to, to purchase one of these bags, use my promo code. It's 23Bump this year. Okay? It's twenty three B U M P. Use that promo code and it'll save you fifteen percent site wide. These these are packs of all sizes. You know, if you want something you know small everyday carry, or if you want some kind of uh, go bag, like uh, I'm not coming home bag, he's got them. Check them out: squatchsurvivalgear.com, com. Promo code twenty three bump. yeah You know, and that's the thing with these with these demons, I. I'm all about spiritual warfare, man. Uh, if I didn't have to live it the last couple of years as much as I have, I don't know. But um, it seems like all my life that's been a topic for me. Like when I was a kid, oh. I was scared to death of possession. That was like okay. never afraid of spiders, couldn't care less about <laughs> snakes. Uh, turned it on 2020. At my grandmother's house, my, my Catholic grandmother's house, I was about eight or nine years old. And she was watching a special of a, a live exorcism. I don't know why they would wow. do that, but it was like the late eighties, you know what I mean? So they and I'm I'm like hiding in the bathroom doorway, you know, like trying <laughs> not to watch it. But I, I see this stuff, man. It, it puts this fear in me, and so growing up and into my thirties. I was scared to death of demonic okay. possession, even though I had you know I got saved when I was 20. yeah, it was right before I turned 21. I was still afraid, you know what I mean okay. but like I kept getting pulled toward that just that topic and I didn't even call it spiritual warfare really when I was younger it's just you know protection you know I was looking for protection and but the last couple of years, once I started understanding and got deeper into the word and man, it is so real. It's like, I, if I wasn't talking to Christians on the same walk, I would sound like a nut job, you know, yeah. and I, I might still sound like a nut job. I don't care. <laughs> the The supernatural world is just as real and just as tangible as, as where we're sitting at right now you know mm-hmm. what I mean
3: mm-hmm.
2: and uh I almost lost my train of thought it, it's just there's been so much that's been going on man I I know you guys talked to dark waters mm-hmm. right um we talked off air we shared we he he said similar things to each mm-hmm. one of us yeah
4: um
2: I talked to him two or three times off the show um, uh, because I, I was needing some, some counsel, you know, and mm-hmm. he is, I think he's a prayer warrior, man. I think he's oh, a absolutely. man of God. Yeah. Uh, I, I put trust and confidence in what he, you know, in the guidance that he gave me, you know, I think he's a good light. Um, but things got really intense here and there's been times where I don't know how you guys feel about, um, cleansing a home, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, or, or, or how you go about doing it. But I've had a couple of instances where you can feel something around you. Mm-hmm. Um, I had one instance where I was down in my office where I used to do the the show. I used to record it there, where I was going through certain prayers, certain scriptures I like to read when I'm, you know, when I'm rebuking, you know, doing it, battling it out. And I I literally felt something brush past my chest. Oh. Um it it got that real, you know in in my own home, <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean. Like that's... a place where you think it's safe, like you're talking about, it, it can come straight in there and talk, you know, talk in your head. Places that are sanctuary, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so it it's very real. You got to keep your guard up. You got to keep yeah. the armor on. Um, Harrison, I know you said that you had some experiences with spiritual
0: warfare lately too, right? Well, it's it's kind of funny when when Lowell and I first started this show, it, we had it some one or two instances happened, and at first, I mean, I'll, I'll tell the story, I guess. So so right after, I think we recorded the the skin. What was it, Lowell? Hunt for the skinwalker? No, oh,
4: skinwalkers in the Pentagon. Skinwalkers
0: at the Pentagon. We did an episode on uh, the hitchhiker effect. Mm -hmm. the, the supernatural things following you home after an investigation. And, and we had recorded, I believe it was a Friday. And that following Sunday, you know, I was telling my wife a little bit about it, what we talked about. And then that following Sunday, we were getting ready for church. We're rushing out of the house at this point. we had had our baby. So I was up to three kids. And so it's, it's hectic getting out of the house with two kids. It was even worse with three. We all finally pile into the car. As my wife gets into the car, she says, what did you do with the baby's binky? So what are you talking about? And she goes, the baby's binky. I, I couldn't find it. And I said, well, I I didn't see it. You know, I grabbed the two older kids. We came out first. You were in charge of the baby. Like I didn't see it. Well, we'll find it when we, well, I couldn't find it. Well, we'll find it when we get home. Don't worry about it. She goes, well, I thought it was last time I saw it was in the swing, but it wasn't there. I thought, Okay. Well, we'll find it. Don't worry about it. Shrugged it off, went to church, didn't think anything of it, came home, walked in the door. Everyone's unloading. My wife walks into the living room where the baby's swing was, and she just stops, stares at the swing, and she looks up at me, and she goes, did you do this? I, I had no idea what she was talking about. Like, what What are you talking about? And I looked out, and she's pointing at her, the baby's swing. And I looked over, and there in the swing is the baby's folded blanket and the binky sitting right on top of it. And I said, no, I didn't do that. We I literally just got in the door with the two older kids they are being crazy. I haven't even been in the living room yet. And she goes, I ripped that blanket off out of that swing looking for that pinky before we left. So it was like, hmm, well, that's kind of weird. Then that same day, my middle daughter, she's got her doggy. It's her stuffed animal, like inseparable. It's it's her security blanket, right? She she calls it doggy while we're getting her ready to take her up to bed, put the kids down. My wife and I were going to watch some TV or something to unwind after we put the kids to bed. And my daughter is saying, I went, where's doggy? Where's doggy? I thought, Oh, good grief. Here we go. Well, we couldn't find doggy. We searched high and low. We searched the car. We like, we got my oldest child involved. Hey, help us find doggy. You know, just check every room because she can't sleep without it. We tore the couch apart. Like my oldest daughter at the time, She might've been six or no, she's six now. She might've been five. I think she was six though. She'd torn the couch apart and I was a little frustrated because I had to put it back together. You know, whatever she's helping. I wasn't mad. We couldn't find the darn thing. We checked everywhere. I checked under the car in the garage. Did she drop it? Well, we must've left it at church. Oh boy. Well, we finally got her to bed. We got her mind off of it. We sit down on the couch. My wife and I were, my wife's holding the baby and we're just watching a little bit of TV and the baby spit up on me. Just, you know, not directly on me, but she spit up. and Oh, man. So my wife grabs a burp cloth and she's wiping it up. She's wiping it up off my pants and kind of around the my thigh area where I'm sitting and underneath there. And she goes, she stops and she looks at me and she goes, are you kidding me? I said, what? And she looks down at where she was wiping. And I look down. I'm sitting on doggy. No way. Yeah. And she goes, this is twice in one day. I said, yeah, I know. I don't know how to explain this. She goes, you're joking. I said, I didn't, I didn't do this. I promise you. My, my oldest child tore this couch apart. I put it back together. It was not on this couch. When we sat down, we would have seen it somehow, some way it managed to get underneath my, my butt at some point. I don't know. It was weird. So, that was kind of fun, you know? Oh man, this is kind of exciting. It was, I hate to say it, but it was almost exciting. Like, Oh, right. weird stuff's happening. You know, <laughs> this stuff we can talk about And now I've never told these stories. Um, it was, it was one of those things like weird stuff is happening. So nothing, there were little things here and there since then. Um, both my wife and I had heard our daughter's voice talk to us directly when she was nowhere near us. Or she wasn't even talking or anything like that. Or um, it wasn't your daughter. Exactly. Yeah. One one time I was plugging in their nightlight. They had gotten a new nightlight. And I'm underneath their dresser. My two older kids share a room. And I'm kind of crouched down on my stomach. And I'm reaching back underneath the dresser to plug this nightlight in. And right in my ear from the hallway, from the open door, dad. And it sounded like urgency. So my response was, what? All right kind of look around no one's there okay so I go downstairs I was like what do you want to my oldest kid and she goes what what are you talking about I said what were you saying she goes I didn't say anything I'm just sitting here coloring okay that was a little weird well later on my wife tells me she goes I didn't want to tell you this because I knew it just fuel fuel your fire you know and she was standing in our entryway our girls were down for a nap I wasn't home but she heard our oldest come down the stairs and go, morning, mom. And so she's in the entryway. She couldn't see the stairs, but they were real close to her. They're just around the corner. And she goes, oh, morning, baby. You know, how was your nap? And no response. And so she turns and pokes her head around the corner and no one's there. She goes, Harrison, I heard that clear as day. I said, yeah, that's what happened to me upstairs. So again, I'm getting kind of giddy. Hoo-hoo, you know, All right? well, it got the it really got real for me, the spiritual warfare stuff like right before Christmas. Um, And I can only speculate on what would have changed in my life. Um, I had given up some habits to the Lord that had been in my life for a while. I'll just say I was, I was drinking beer, right. I was by no means an alcoholic, but it was something that as Like you said, with dark waters, making an altar, like using the podcast as an altar to God, the more I thought about that, I was thinking about the things in my life that I was making an altar instead of God. And so drinking beer was one of those things. I used it to take the edge off after work, um... I used it to relax on the weekends or to have, you know, and again, I was by no means an alcoholic. I don't want to sound like, you know, I was way over the top, but it was something that I recognized in my life that if I'm relying on God to be my comfort, to be my rest, this is an altar that I'm, I'm going to instead of God. So I completely, okay, I'm done. I'm done drinking alcohol. Thanksgiving day was my last, was my last beer. And that was when I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna last till Christmas. Maybe I'll have a beer on Christmas, but after you know, I'm not gonna go back
3: to
0: a beer every other day or two beers on the weekends. It's just I'm not gonna go back to that. That's when, and I can't, it was it's really hard to describe without making it sound like I'm like I'm overreacting, I'll say. But I would wake up and it was always after we released a heavy episode or on a Friday when we recorded it was it was always happening on a Friday or on a Wednesday and it was the most it felt like I had been up all night on a bender drinking I felt exhausted I felt like I hadn't slept Even visually, I had horrible dark circles under my eyes to the point where Mm -hmm. like people were noticing. And I thought, I, what is going on? You know, my eyes were bloodshot and, and just emotional baggage. I was so depressed that I didn't even want to pray. I felt so far removed from God that it was almost, I was almost disgusted with God. You know, it, it was weird, but I, I knew at the time, this wasn't me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and I would get random thoughts of suicide just just pop into my head. Yeah. You know, I'd be like, I'm a musician. Well, I used to be, I guess I still am. But so I play a lot of music in my head. I don't listen to it a lot, but I'll play it in my head and sing songs in my head. And it would just, out of nowhere, the lyrics would change to something with a suicidal thought. And I'd, whoa, pump the brakes. Where did that come from? you know, and, and it would crescendo. But then the next day, I would be completely fine. Hmm. I might have gotten less sleep, but I would be fine. The back, the dark circles under my eyes were gone. These weird thoughts and this complete feeling of depression and just a horrible feeling. Well, while that was going on, I started to get this really horrible pain in my, the lower right side of my back. And I did what, people shouldn't do and I started googling it and <laughs> doctor google had me convinced that I had a kidney infection right i thought well you know maybe this is because i gave up alcohol maybe you know something was going on that that by, by giving up alcohol it, it caused my kidney to flare up i don't know this is just kind of how i was um, making it work in my mind so i was drinking lots of water and then i'd feel fine all week and then boom wednesday or friday would hit and it it was like clockwork i would expect it yeah so this pain was getting so bad, and I this was just several weeks ago. This is actually was very recent. It was getting so bad at work that I could barely stand. I either had to sit down or I had to literally pace around. So um, I, told, I called my wife, and I said, look, you need to set up a doctor's appointment for me. This is getting worse. It's got to be a kidney infection. It is getting so bad I can barely stand. And I'm not a doctor guy. I mean, this was probably the first time I've been to the doctor in 20 years, you know. Right. So she says, okay, well, I couldn't get you in until January. the, and I said, that's, that's going to be too long. I can't wait that long. This is really bad. She goes, well, you got to go to urgent care then if it's that bad. Okay. And I did, which was, that's a lot for me to do. <laughs> so I took myself to urgent care and they couldn't find anything wrong. There's nothing physically wrong with you. And I said, I'm telling you right now, even as I'm sitting here, this pain is so miserable. It's got to be something. She goes, did you try it? Did you lift something heavy recently? I said, no, I'm, I swear it's a kidney infection. She goes, it's not a kidney infection. I can promise you that. So I was so miserable. So I went home and I called my parents and my dad is a prayer warrior. Like he's a very quiet, humble man. But when that man prays, it's pretty amazing. So instantly, and my mom's a nurse, So she goes, well, you're probably just overtired. And I said, mom, I'm getting plenty of sleep, you know, kind of arguing with her. And then my dad overheard it and he goes, tell him we're praying right now. This isn't what he thinks it is. And so he prayed over me and it went away. So then the next day I woke up and I thought, and it was back, this pain and these feelings. And I remembered the night before my father praying over me. And so I went outside at work and I thought, we were, we just went through this, God, I'm, you know, and I had to force myself literally force myself to pray because I didn't want to, it was almost like there was something telling me that he's not listening. Don't worry about it. nothing's going to change. Even if you do, yeah. But no, I really had to push past that and force myself to pray. And I prayed and I started rebuking it in the name of Jesus. And sure enough, I could feel this pain move from my lower right side across my back into my lower left side. Then it would move into my stomach. And, you know, it, was no, it wasn't it was there anymore where it had been. Now it was in my stomach, and I rebuked it, and it was gone. Yeah. Oh, thank God. And that was when... And then the depression was gone. It was like I could see clear again. You know, it's almost like you're driving with with mud on the windshield, and you're barely making out the road. And all of a sudden, you know, you use windshield wiper fluid. Now you can see where you're at. It was, it was instantly, you know, in the middle of my shift at work.
2: Wow.
0: You gave me and, chills, man. <laughs> and so that's when... I started really going hard into spiritual warfare and the study of it. Um, and even currently I'm still dealing with stuff. I will still have days like that, but I think that's more so because of what I've been looking into, but I'll wake up, I'll get seven, eight hours of sleep, wake up and feel like I haven't slept in days. Yeah. And I'll just feel completely helpless. But as soon as I start rebuking, it's gone.
3: Yeah.
0: You know, uh, one Thank you for sharing that with me. Oh yeah, absolutely.
2: Uh, but yeah i I can relate to every every word, man. Uh, feeling it leave your body. See i I believe wholeheartedly. Like I said, we talked to to D W. He told us all. He told me all these things. Um, you know, to give up this, this, and this, as far as uh, like control. You know, mm-hmm. give up control of the podcast, make it an altar to God. Um, So I, I try to be obedient with that stuff with the Lord. I try to do, you know, whatever he wants me to do, whatever, you know, whoever wants to come on the show. Like when you reached out to me, that's from God. You know, as far as I'm concerned, that that's where that came from. You know, that's why you guys are on the show, because this is what we're supposed to be doing. So I'm I'm cool with that. I just want to hit, you know, co-pilot. God's the pilot. I'll just I'll just steward the show. That's how Dark Waters described it, you know. But he was also telling me some stuff, and I don't know if it was on our episode or not. But uh, about when you uh, when you rebuke these things, when you when you break the bond that you have, you know, whatever the uh, the legalistic agreement is that that you're in accord with these demons, you know how how legalistic it all is it made sense so i started going through my life asking god to take things away from me you know to, I, I, and i rebuke things in the name of jesus and man i would get sick like i would get physically ill dry heaves uh you know having to go to the bathroom or whatever i know that sounds gross but oh yeah um you can feel it like it, it's it's purging it out of your body and i really think that's what's been going on because uh i read me and my wife you know we like i said we've been christians but we weren't practicing christians
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know not like we should have been we weren't in the word every day we weren't going to church like we should have been but a year ago you know right at new year's You know, the church we had been checking out, they had a watch service for New Year's 2021 or 2022. Yeah. And we're like, well, this is it. We're going to make this our resolution. We won't miss a service if we can't help it. And we're just going to go all in for Jesus. All in. No holds barred. So we do that. And we come out of the service. And uh, I was a heavy smoker. You know, I smoked, I don't know if you guys smoke them, but uh, American Spirits. Oh, okay, yep. Man, I I, I love (laughs) those cigarettes, you know what I mean? Sure. Uh, But I wanted to quit. I felt convicted by that. You know, I I was only smoking about half a pack a day, but I I felt convicted. So I asked God to help me quit. I made it about two or three days. Then I go back down here to the gas station, bought a pack of smokes. Lit them up. I get about two puffs in, and it feels like somebody stabs me in my throat. I was like, okay, maybe I'll just you know toss it out the window, done with it. Try to smoke again. Can't really get through one. I wasn't saying that God was making me feel bad, but I asked for help. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean. Mm -hmm. So a couple weeks goes on. I go. uh, I take my dad to a doctor's appointment. He finds out that he had uh cancer. Oh no. Um coming back home, I feel real bad. I feel start feeling sick. Get to the house. I drop my dad off, you know, at, at his truck. I come on up to the house. My wife's home. I tell her I, I don't feel too good. You know, takes my temperature. I had a fever of 103. And oh gosh. I go down to the clinic, test positive for COVID. Oh no. And I was just in the truck with my dad for an hour. Oh, no. Yeah, so guess who I gave COVID to the day he finds out that he had prostate cancer? Oh, man. (laughs) You know, it's like, you got to feel about this big, you know what I mean? But I wasn't able to smoke at that point. I was too sick to smoke. I laid around the house. I wouldn't go to the doctor. I got on a wait list. I thought, this will will pass. I'll get the, uh, you know, anything but... The, the the vaccine so i was, I was gonna the, uh, the antibodies right I was, so i got on the wait list well i i lay around until i develop pneumonia oh, so man. i wind up spending five days in the va hospital and while i'm in there it hits my dad the exact same way hmm. so i'm in huntington west virginia in a va hospital my dad is in pikeville kentucky in another hospital, we're we're both, you know, about we're on the ropes with this junk. Uh, but ever since I come out, you know, he recovered. He's he's completely beat cancer. No, yeah, praise they, the Lord. They oh, they, wow. they blasted it. He's healed. Yes, glory to God. Um, uh, so he he fully recovered. I fully recovered from that. But ever since then, man, I one I never started smoking again. So it I got rid of it. But along that road, uh, asking for help to to quit smoking, I also enjoyed beer. I loved beer. Uh, I loved beer. But I asked for help with my addiction. I didn't realize that maybe I was addicted to beer or to alcohol. Mm -hmm. Um, But Within a month, two months, there was no desire for for a drink on the weekend. Uh, I, I can still enjoy a beer now. If uh, I go out, you know, we have a steak dinner or whatever, I might want one. I might grab one.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But I don't buy beer. You know, there, I don't keep beer in my fridge. I don't keep any kind of alcohol in the fridge. And again, I'm not condemning this. I mean, somebody wants to drink. Uh, oh, sure absolutely yeah it doesn't bother me at all but for me when i asked for help that addiction left for smoking and that addiction left for any kind of alcohol um so in my world in my mindset that was a spirit of addiction you know what i mean that's some kind Mm -hmm. of demonic influence um we're not possessed but we're oppressed
3: Mm -hmm. right yep
2: um so that's a that, long story short. That was one thing that, you know, God took, you know, he He took away the, the spirit of addiction. And as this last year has gone by, I've prayed, I've rebuked, and I've stayed sick in some form or fashion for like a solid year, man. It's just like perpetual. I'll feel good for like a week at most. And then I've had probably seven or eight courses of antibiotics.
3: <laughs> you know oh, what I mean? Wow.
2: And, and the thing is, from the time I was like 22, I joined the Air Force until I'm 42. I'd been sick like twice in 20 years. I'm not a sick person, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But uh for whatever reason, I don't know if I just had that many demons or, you know, critters hanging on. But, man, I'm ready for it to be on.
3: Yeah, I know. <laughs> No, I,
0: I completely agree. Well, the battle's never over. I don't think until we're absent with the body and present with the Lord.
3: Right. Yeah.
0: I
2: agree with that. And, uh, I I told you I might share a story too, if you don't mind. Oh no, we would love to. um, Yeah. Love Uh, to hear it. It's super dark and I probably won't go into all of it because it goes, it goes really personal for not just me, but for other people. Um, but when we rededicated rededicated our, our journey, our life to God, living for Jesus to be a light for Him, we decided because you know we're the parents that my daughter would also. Uh, I'm not I'm not one to to force anything on anybody else, but it's in my home. It's me, my wife. My daughter and my nephew. Um, he came to live with us a few years ago. That's his own story. Um, and my daughter, who we got custody of, you know, is from a previous marriage. I got custody of her when she was 13 years old. And she had been living with us ever since. She is now 18. We decided that when we're going to church, we would like the kids to come with us once a month. You know, at this point, she's seventeen. My nephew's eighteen. They're old enough to, you know, to hang out at the house if they don't want to go. But yeah. once a month, I want them to come with us. You know, just to get a little bit of the word, planning to get it, get it stirring. Within a year, there were so many things that went on. Um, as far as relationships go, one of my nephew fell right into it he uh he got saved he he just opened church service for us last week you know oh, he's he's doing good he's a little warrior for God that's awesome I, I shouldn't say little he's he's 20 years old now but uh <laughs> he's doing great my daughter um she has been and I don't know if she'll ever listen to this show so I don't want to go too far but um we got custody of her for certain reasons. There was a lot of trauma, you know, there's a lot of things that she had to overcome. So it seems like things got compounded. Mm-hmm. There was uh it just it took her down a road of resentment to where going to church once a month with us, you know, for 90 minutes or whatever was not just a deal breaker. It was a relationship breaker. Um, I discovered, and that there were things that hinted to it back and forth, you know, I guess for the last couple of years. But she was on a completely different path uh, over the last year to where I found out why I was having such a spiritual battle in my home. Um while we were trying to dedicate our lives to God, the devil, man, the way he works, he uh he finds whatever chink in your armor he can find. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? For some people it's depression, for some people it's addiction. My weakness was my daughter. Um daddy, you know I I'm a protector She's already been through enough. She's broken. She's hurt. That's where he hit me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to make it personal because, you know, she has her own journey. She has her own battle that she's facing too. I'm not trying to minimize that. But the, the attack, the way these battles go. So while we're getting closer to God, my child had actually uh, tried to summon Lilith. She uh, decided that she was going to stop taking medications and stuff that she was supposed to have been taking, hiding them, Um, getting into some dangerous types of relationships. Uh, And by the time... It was over. And I say it was over because it it ended with her moving out. Um, By the time it was over, she told me she wanted to be a Satanist. Uh, It completely devastated me. It it devastated our family. Um, She wanted to move out. And this is for going to church once a month. Hmm. And I backed off that by like March. You know what I mean?
4: Yeah.
2: Uh, I wasn't pushing it. She resisted. She didn't want it. We didn't force it. But that, that started something, you know, Mm -hmm. and he was going to get us wherever he could. Mm -hmm. That's the way I look at it. And uh, it, it got to where things were starting to get, Almost physical. Like she she was a little girl. I mean, she's I'm a big guy and she's not a big person. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> she's like half my size, but she would get in my face screaming, cussing, telling me she hates me. Uh it got really, really tense, man. And she uh instead of agreeing to to chill out. You know, get back on track, go to therapy, get all the help you need, do what you're supposed to do. She uh she decided she wanted to move back to her mother. I can't express to you guys enough. And I, I don't I don't know if I'm sharing way too much with the audience. I might make this part like a members only episode so only like 15 people hear it. <laughs> uh she uh that's where all the trauma happened. You know what I mean? She went right back to what we were thought to be uh, her abusers, you know? But she was 18 at that point. And she had made up her mind that if we didn't let her go, that she was just going to run away. The kid's like a 4.0 student. You know, she has way too much in her favor. Um, And I love her too much to see her out in the street. Her mother's house is a 1,000 miles from our house. So she would never make it. And after four years of no contact, within about 48 hours, she's gone. Hmm. So my wife and I decided that if this is the game that he wants to play, you know, he wants to... You know, come after my children. I'm going to go after his. And so all that made me do was double down. So now I'm doing everything I can to help lead people to Christ. There's no shame. There's no worrying about what I look like or sound like. If you're lost, I'm going to do everything I can to take you away from the devil for Jesus because, you know, they want war. Yeah. Our whole purpose here yeah. is to glorify God and to increase his dominion, right? Amen. Yeah. So like uh like Lowell said, you know, he was in that field and it tried to get in his head and he rebuked it. But it came into my family. So I'm going after his family hallelujah yeah it's a a cliff's nose version of what I was going on and I I hate to air out laundry like that man but well, thanks for sharing it I mean yeah bro I've I've held on to that for almost three months now that she's been gone that's why like I'm in this room this is her bedroom oh, <laughs> you know okay. what I mean like we we just had to, to make the space for it and what better place to build my altar than Mm -hmm. right over top of the spot, I found notes written in Russian about Satan. You know what I mean? So so, uh, yeah, we're on a,
0: we're on the altar. That's it. That's it. Do you know, do you mind if I ask, why was she going for Lilith specifically? That's a good question.
2: That's a good question. It was her and a friend. Um, I saw. I got a hold of her text messages because you know I'm a parent, and mm-hmm. I, there is no privacy in my own world. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I go through her text messages, and I found it. And and she was the ringleader on this, and talking about mm-hmm. wanting to uh, quote unquote kill God, and talking about trying to summon Lilith. And she told me, because uh, these mes- these messages, we didn't catch it right off the bat. These were like two, two and a half years old. Oh. uh, She's like, well, it didn't work. It didn't work, but when they diagnose you with depression, when do they diagnose you with borderline personality disorder? You know, when did this narcissistic behavior disorder come in? You know, yeah, it worked. Mm-hmm. You know, you open the floodgates. Yep. And, and these these demons are just having to a it. They love the brokenhearted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're going to feed off of that. That's what you know. If if anybody that's listening is dealing with stuff like you're talking about, Harrison, you you said you had you know these depressive feelings, these suicidal ideations. This is spiritual
3: warfare. Mm-hmm.
2: It's real. You know, we deal with this every day and we, you know, I didn't see anything in the Bible about schizophrenia. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? That's true. I'm not saying that people can't have mental health issues or they can't have, you know, uh, some kind of psychological issues. But I'm saying that they definitely can have demonic oppression.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, those voices can definitely be demonic. Uh, yeah. they can be oppressions. they can be possessions. We need to take it more seriously. Um, we need to make it commonplace. it's it's not to say that science doesn't exist. It's to say let's bring it back together again, yeah, like yeah. it. You know, it was understood, you know, a hundred years ago. Yeah. Your spiritual world was real.
3: Yep. Yeah.
2: Suicide rate was a lot lower than it is now. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. The devil's here to to kill, steal, and destroy, right? Yep. And he is the God of this world. That's it. Why wouldn't it be? An attack on anybody that's
0: trying to be a light. That's it. Mm -hmm. We walk in flesh. We are not carrying warfare according to the flesh or using mere human weapons. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical, but they are mighty power before God. To overthrow destruction of strongholds.
2: Amen. Yes. Our battle is not with flesh and blood, right? That's it. Principalities and powers. That's it. That's why we, we pray Ephesians 6, 10 to 17, 10 to 18, or 6, yeah, 6, 10 to 17, every day. The the armor of God. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, I pray Psalm 91 every day. We got to get that into our, our daily life.
0: We got to get that into our reality. Absolutely. I think, uh-huh. I don't think people... And I don't think it's intentional that people don't take it seriously. I think we are so programmed to not even bat an eye at it. I think we're, we're so manipulated to just think that this is normal behavior. This is normal way of life. You know, it's, it's obviously, I mean, to me, I think it's a deception. Oh yeah. I, I agree. If you don't know what the problem is, or you can give it a fake diagnosis; it'll never get resolved. And, and what better vessel for them to
2: use and to drain dry
3: mm-hmm.
2: than somebody that, you know you're not going to listen to anyway, you know? Yeah. And I don't know why we're not more bold. You know, you look at these movies; how blatant it is. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. demonic. It's satanic. It's, you look at uh, look at our government
3: <laughs> you know? yeah.
2: and look at world government look at what's allowed Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, satanic cultish
4: mm-hmm.
2: pedophilic mm-hmm. you know yeah. Yeah. It's, it's everywhere and if they can make music videos so boldly if they can make commercials so boldly where mm-hmm. is our spine that's it. Exactly. Yep. Well, why are we not being just as bold for Christ? Cuz we win. You know, yep. we've read mm-hmm. we've re- we've read the in the end of the book. Yep. Yeah. Why aren't we more bold? So, I don't know. That's just my personal battles, man. I got to
0: get I got to get out there more. Yeah. I think that's something that we were doing a recording on. I forget what oh, I was Lowell went on some rant. We haven't released the episode yet. Lowell went on some ridiculous rant about a person that has a website in regards to his research. (laughs) And he just went like off the rails about this guy. And I was trying to reel him in. But at the end of the day, Lowell was like, man, it's our podcast. Who cares? Like sick and tired of, I mean, pardon the expression, but pussyfooting around it. Like, yeah, Yeah. um, I thought, you know what? You're, you're darn right. (laughs) You
3: know
2: <laughs> I, I, for like my, I think uh, this show will be three years in May. I think it's what it is. For the first two, I was like, Well I don't wanna maybe I shouldn't, you know, push too hard about it. I shouldn't bring God up in every episode. And I shouldn't mm-hmm. I shouldn't say that maybe you could rebuke that, you know, that abduction experience, you know. If it if it happens again, maybe you know, maybe so-and-so is going to listen to it. You know, maybe, you know, the next time I go to that convention, so-and-so won't talk to me. You know, why would I care? But yeah. I did. I let it hold me back. You know, episode one, I said, I'm a Christian. It was horrible audio, and it's not like I screamed it into the <laughs> mic, you know, <laughs> but I said it. It's like, but so the, the world knew what they were getting into mm-hmm. episode one. But I held it back, man, forever until things just got too obvious. And, you know, Jesus is like, all right, sit down. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm taking over. But, yeah, I, I know you're slow to, to call everything demonic. But I I don't have much choice at this point. It seems like there are so many things, and I'm I'm not trying to call everything demonic. There there is room for other kind of spirits and elemental things and things that I don't understand. But when people are abducted by aliens and they rebuke it in the bedroom when they, when they're surrounding the bed and they look like greys and they rebuke it and they leave. Or if there's a dog man behind your truck and you're out there trying to change a tire and you look up and you rebuke it and it leaves. When you have some black entity sitting on your chest and you wake up and you can't move and you can't breathe, but you can get the thought of in the name of Jesus Christ and it leaves everything starts to look like it's connected, man.
0: Yep. <laughs> you know, I know.
2: It, it all responds in the way that demons
0: respond. They tremble at the name. That's the, that's the slope I've been on. I, we started this off and I told Lola a couple of weeks ago, I was like, man, I, we walked into this and I said, man, not everything can be demonic. <laughs> but then I told Lola a couple of weeks ago, I was like, I don't
4: know. It to I seem know. a little bit like everything's demonic. <laughs> a little demonic, I
3: man. <laughs> you know? I
4: know. I know I'm I'm a big cryptid guy, so I'm like, well, maybe Bigfoot's not demonic. Like, can we just have like a a, a giant giant
2: something? <laughs> so come on, out there Bigfoot! Walking around. Just give
0: me Bigfoot for crash. <laughs> yeah.
4: sake.
2: I, I would I would love that to be the case. And I don't know. I haven't heard of anybody rebuking Bigfoot yet. Yeah, I don't
0: think it's true.
4: But uh, his tracks end in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, well, there was the uh, with Wes Germer when he talked about the two brothers episode. He he brings up a lot. There was a, they had a, was it a, a priest or someone out there who had prayed over their home and it had stopped the the Bigfoot from coming on their property. Scott,
0: Scott Carpenter talks about that a lot too. Um, yeah, He goes out to people and prays over their property and the Bigfoot stopped coming around and harassing them. Who does? Scott Carpenter. He does a YouTube channel. Actually, I haven't seen much from him anymore on that oh. note, but he did... um. The What was it called, Lowell? Bigfoot Genome uh, Study? Yeah. Oh yeah. Dave Polites. Okay. From Missing411. Um, Christian guy. I think he's from Tennessee.
4: Yeah, yeah. Not that I'm stalking him or anything. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm going to write his name down. Maybe
2: I can uh, look him up too.
4: Yeah, yeah. He seems like a really cool guy. Um, but he talks about them being Nephilim or like a descendant of the Nephilim yeah um -hmm. um, a lot of a lot of very compelling research um on his part so okay um Uh, i think
0: one of the best things that i saw of him he would put a gopro oh backwards on his on his shoulder so as he's hiking through the woods (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, he could he would catch him Really, Bigfoot, yeah, and some of it yeah. to me kind of looks like Paradolia, but yeah. there's some where you can see the eyes blink and it ducks back. Nice, so yeah. it's it's worth uh worth checking him out.
2: I'll, I'll definitely do that. And I'm I'm sorry about that. I hit the mute for a second and then I try to take it off and I don't know what I did, but I oh no, my you're, fine. Away. <laughs> you're fine. You're <laughs> fine. Uh I suck at technology, man. Like yeah, yeah. I'm like one We're step okay there. Like, <laughs> uh, but yeah, on the whole Nephilim, Bigfoot connection, have you guys listened to, uh, it's like a, a trilogy of
0: episodes I've done now with this lady named Denise in Pennsylvania? hmm Okay. I forget what she called it. I, it's a name I can't pronounce. And Eliud. Eliud, that's what it was. An Eliud.
2: And it was uh, the the offspring of a Nephilim. You know, so you got Fallen Angel, Nephilim, Eliud. And mm. this lady, I don't know if you if you remember our first episode or two, she she wasn't real up-to-date on all this information. You know, she said she don't know, like, when she told me that it, it told her it was an Eliud, she wasn't sure how to pronounce it. I mean, she, she wasn't sure she was going to get the word right. And whatever this was, led her, told her to read certain books, you know, to oh. check this information out. Me and Denise are still in contact. Like, really? Oh, yeah. We talked like last week or two weeks ago. Uh, it, It's an ongoing thing. Oh, my goodness. Wow. But, man, does that not lead, you know, lend some credence to yeah, absolutely. the whole thought, you know? Because she, my, my point with that is, She's not trying to concoct this big story. This information came to her.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, mm-hmm. makes it a lot more compelling that way.
2: Yeah, it, it, you know, she hadn't done the the research that La Marzulli had done, mm-hmm. you know, on all these topics for decades. She's just like, hey, this thing popped up. I call him Harry, but he told me that he's an L.A.U. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, very specific. Yeah. Wow. Well, did, is there anything that we didn't get to discuss that you guys would want to hit tonight?
0: Uh,
4: I I don't know. I could go on for hours. Yeah, we anything, could we really so. could.
0: <laughs> um no, I mean those are our personal experiences. I mean it's an ongoing battle. Um again, this won't ever stop until we're absent with the body and present with the Lord. And they are, these forces are getting louder. They are getting braver and bolder and more acceptable. I mean, I just posted on our Instagram yesterday this. I was blown away that they put this statue in New York City of, I didn't send it to you yet, Lowell, I I should, of this, this woman with ram horns for hair oh yeah have Ruth you seen May that ginsburg yeah, yeah this,
4: <laughs> yes. but
0: it's bronze mm-hmm. it's like and then you look up that baphomet statue that they put in oklahoma city bronzed i thought what are the odds of this do people not understand what this is yep. this is exactly what happened mm-hmm. and you know the bible says it's going to happen again and it's happening right now and it's acceptable these, you know, the the fair the Egyptians thought that these bronze statues housed spirits. They actually had a ritual of the opening of the mouth so that the spirit could go into these these idols. You know, because growing up, I thought, man, they're just you know what a bunch of idiots. are just worshiping a statue, you know. <laughs> but but no, they, there was re- there was spiritual credence to these things. And I thought, do these these people don't even Father, forgive them for their not. They don't even know what they're doing right now, right? Or they do, or they do, and they're just pushing it further. Which either yeah. way, I mean,
4: <laughs> right. these
0: are dark times. Yeah, it is. It is,
2: and uh, I'm with you on all that, you know. But remember what happened to the uh, the statue of Dagon, right? When the Ark mm-hmm. of the Covenant got too close. That's it. No. So, again, we win. It's that's just, it. Yeah, yeah, it has to happen. It's going to be like the days of Noah. That's got to include the nephilim, right? That's That's, it, right? It. <laughs> that's got to, that's got to include the bad guys. So, yep. Man, well, guys, I have thoroughly enjoyed every bit of this. Oh, us oh. too, Bo. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you, uh, thank you for minding the Lord and reaching out. And I'm sorry that I had to cancel last week. Uh, Don't know. Don't be sorry. 24 hours ago, or one week ago, not 24 hours ago, uh, I was down again with the flu. Yeah, uh, 102 degree fever. One more time. You know what I mean? There oh. was laid out. Uh, I'm getting used to it at this point. I think I just uh, take it in, in stride and keep going. We'll be praying for you. Please yeah. do. it. I'm going to pray for you guys, too. Oh, well, thank you. Thank um, you. Thank you. I'll, I'll put your name on the list i have to write a list at this point it's just i oh, yeah. don't forget anybody I, yeah, i'm praying for like too. an hour at night now <laughs> between prayers and reading um yeah tell everybody where they can catch your show if you have anything coming up for the show
0: uh we've got some stuff Lowell that doesn't know we've got a couple <laughs> of people that i'm in contact with to come on i, I mean i don't I don't like saying for sure because people do drop out, but we've got some cool guys coming on. We have, uh, my mother-in-law came on the show last week. I'm editing that right now, so I'll probably release that soon. She had a pretty freaky story about, uh, I don't know what it was, demonic or aliens visiting her just a couple weeks ago in her bedroom. Wow. And um, so we're going to, I pested her enough to come on the show, but we'll be releasing that here in the next week or two, so... We're just taking it in stride, um, but we're Silver Pilled, Silver Pill yep. Podcast. I think we're on all podcatchers. <laughs> we're, we're, we're on Instagram, so Silver Pilled Podcast. But, Bo, thank you so much for having us on. Like I said, this this was like a bucket list thing for Lowell and I. We're yeah. getting all giddy about it, and we get to be on the bump. Like, we listen to this guy <laughs> for so long. I can't believe we get to talk to him. Man. So thank you. Thank you for having us on thank y'all man I've, I've loved it and i hope you guys you know, I hope you'll come back oh absolutely me. yeah and oh, you yeah. you likewise on our show we'd love to have you on and just yeah. talk more i mean done
2: it'll awesome. it'll happen awesome
0: perfect <laughs> we'll work something out
2: hey <laughs> yeah, brother all right man well y'all have a good night yeah you too, you too. God, god speed bo god bless all right. that's it for this week guys thanks for listening if you want more content if you want to submit your own story to be on the show, if you want to listen to past episodes, or if you want to donate to the show, you can do all of that through bumppodcast.com. So just go there, uh, explore the website, check it all out. If you want to sign up to be a member, it's super cheap. It's just $1.75 a week. You can cancel it anytime. Get in on uh, all the, the new, latest, and greatest stuff we have going on. All right, so again, thanks for listening. I love you, God
1: bless. with Street of gold His He's is like light,
3: lightning
1: setting high you. upon His throne asking thousands times ten thousand oh we oh, oh, yeah. 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 oh, made in. home There's a river flowing yeah. from the land, not always. Where the tree <laughs> of life is blooming, where the land <laughs> has not been told, no
3: more tears. Yeah.
1: Perfect day. Glory, glory. She she with she's the going. saints of With their troubles far behind them To never serve.
2: Submit your life to God and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The book of Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says it really simply that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's that simple. To be born again, to start a new life as a child of God, to join God's army. rise up against the evil forces that you know are all around you. You don't have to do it alone. I love you. Jesus loves you. And may God bless you. (laughs)
1: I <laughs>